This podcast is brought to you by Men's Tea Clinic. Men's Tea Clinic is the team I trust with my total wellness optimization, and so should you. Five DFW locations with North Frisco, El Dorado Parkway at Dallas North Tollway now open. Call 972-GO-MEN'S-TEA or visit mensteaclinic.com. How are we feeling? How's our Cowboys optimism as it's a hump day Let's here go. in the G-Bag Nation? A butt-naked Wednesday, as Lucius Alexander would say. Of course, we got LA Live coming up at 540 Zach Wolchuk alongside the number one source for Cowboys information, the great Brian Broaddus. We do have the headliner, Lucius Alexander, yeah. Carter Freeman, running your video on Twitch and on YouTube. It's a glorious day. We're on to Miami. We're putting Buffalo in the rear view. And I will say, Brian, when we were doing our postgame show, I put out a poll. said, hey, mm-hmm. Cowboys beat Miami on Sunday. Yeah. And that's the most emotional time as a Cowboy fan. Yeah. It was split. It was 50-50. And I wonder if it still is now a couple days removed from the frustration of Buffalo. Oh, I think there's folks out there that are trying to kind of figure some things out. They're worried about your run defense. They're worried if your offense can really travel on the road. They're worried about if your head coach is going to, you know, cost you an opportunity to maybe get a turnover. There's a lot of things as a Cowboy fan you should be, uh, you know, worried about right now. But, you know, your team is in the playoffs. It's another opportunity. Watching the... Dolphins play on offense. At 240, I'm going to get into a lot of things that I think you can do to this team on their side of the offense, their side. I think there's some things that this Cowboys defense can take advantage of, and I'm trusting that Dan Quinn and the staff are going to come up with a really good game plan uh, to deal with a team that's pretty explosive on offense but in some areas are, are a little troubling right now. Certainly, and and look, the reason for optimism, Cowboys don't lose back-to-back games under Mike McCarthy. They haven't done it this season. Mm -hmm. They didn't do it last season. They've gone 37 games without consecutive losses, a streak that goes back to late November of 2021, which is very impressive. I think we all do feel confident in Dan Quinn's ability to make adjustments. Now, I mean, we've talked, hey, yes, the personnel issues, they kind of are what they are. You lost your size at linebacker with the injuries to Van Der Esch and Overshone. But this is a different attack that you're going to be playing. We just talked about it during cross. Like the offensive line of Miami, not quite the bullying mash unit that you just went up against uh, against Buffalo. No. They'll test you in a different way. And yeah. maybe that works out. I, I'm, I'm hoping, the hopium I'm using here is the Cowboys team speed might end up being a good matchup here against Miami. I, I feel like, though, the way that the Dolphins are going to play you will be in a way... <laughs> I'm going to say this. I'm trying to figure out the exact way I want to say this, but I feel like that Miami, with their with their scheme, what they're going to try and do with their problems health wise with their offensive line, mm-hmm. I just don't think that they can bully you. Now their running backs are at, are, are are really good. They're, they are. They can you know th- those guys can get it done. H and Mostert. Yes, those guys can get it done. They absolutely can get it done. But what I'm trying to say is a lot of that what happened in the, you know, what happened in that Buffalo game, I think a lot of it had to do with scheme, but I also felt like it had a lot to do with uh with the players up front. They they did they did a good job of leaning on this Dallas Cowboys off uh defensive line. And I think that Miami, I don't think they have the the ability to lean on you like Buffalo did. And I think the Cowboys can take advantage of that. Yeah, I think that the Cowboys, when this this Buffalo, uh, excuse me, this Miami offensive line 
is they got several backups playing in this in this game. And when the Cowboys have had opportunities to play against backup when with with their quality that they have on the defensive line and and they got embarrassed last week. They they got they got absolutely embarrassed. This is the type of game that their ability, their strengths that they have, their movement can take advantage of what Miami's doing right now. Miami's going to try and pin and pull you. And Dallas has had trouble with pin and pulls, you know, because Miami can't go toe-to-toe with you and just mash the ball at you. They, 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 they didn't even try against the Jets. Everything was on the edge. You know, everything was the outside. Miami was terrified of the Jets' pass rush. Ball came out quick. I said it in the crosstalk. And they'll same, probably use a similar game plan against same, the Cowboys, right? They're going to be terrified thing. of that. Same thing. Same thing. They're gonna, they are worried. And Dallas's pass rush is better than what the Jets are throwing out there. Sure. So all of a sudden, you find ways to choke. The, the thing with Tua, Tua's not going to move. He's not going to run. The last two weeks, you've played quarterbacks that have threat to run with the ball. You, know, you find ways to you, – you take advantage of Liam uh, you know, Eichenberg at, at center, who is dealing with a toe injury right now. And who's he's not ba- a natural center. No, he's, he's not. He played tackle at Notre Dame. He's a tackle. That's what he is. And he's playing center, and he's trying to get to the second level, and he can't get there. He can't get blocked. You take advantage of Kendall Lamb playing right tackle. You know, because of Austin Jackson being banged up. You know, that's that's the that's the issues that Miami is Miami Miami's trying to do with smoke and mirrors right now on the offensive line. Matter of fact, you know, uh, Eichenberg he was like he didn't even practice some last week, and like they asked Mike McDaniel, well, who's going to play center? And he goes, I, I I really I don't know. I don't know that right now. I can't tell you that right now. So there, there is a lot of question marks with this Miami Dolphin offense, and the Cowboys had, need to take advantage of that. They, their defensive line needs to take advantage of the problems that the Dolphins are having right now with injuries. And I know an eight seven seven eight eight one one zero five three, of course, the truckwreck.com text line to join the conversation. We've talked a lot about the defense, and the defense against the run is certainly something we'll factor in here going into Miami and Detroit. But you and I broke this down in the post game. Offensively, you got to put up points, and Absol- it seems yeah. as though, even though the Dolphins have a solid defense, they rank fifth overall in total defense. The magic number, it appears, is twenty points. Yeah. If you go back and you look at all of the losses Miami has, the team has scored over twenty points against yeah. them. They're eight zero otherwise this season. Well, here we go. I'm going to catch their. I'm going to catch their defense tonight. But Xavier Howard not available. Sean Elliott not available. He was dealing with a concussion. You know, Holland, the the fine safety, dealing with a knee. They've got some guys that are banged up right now. Cam Smith is a backup corner. That's enough. I mean, they they are they are just as banged up and hurt in that secondary. You know, but they but they but their front. You know, and I and I'll, I Bradley Chubb's playing really well for him. From, sure is. You know, from what I've seen, Christian Wilkins, another good player right there. Yeah, this you know, we'll Miami's dealing with a lot right now, and you need to take advantage of Miami dealing with a lot. If you don't go in there and, and take advantage, then you deserve to lose because you're you're a you're up front. You're a better football team than their backups, mm-hmm. and you have to go take that from them. You have to go put pressure on Tua. You have to choke the run. You know, you you you. These are things that you're capable of doing, but you got instead of talking about it, you got to go do it. You know, but here's here's an opportunity, big big opportunity for them this week uh, to get back into the winning ways. 
both teams uh, have the hey, they can't beat another quality opponent. Yeah, going up kind against of mirror them. teams, very much so. Yeah. Like the Jets have not been able to defeat any of the the good teams that they've played. They've got the easiest strength of schedule from weeks one through fifteen. Now they're going to face the toughest to finish twenty twenty three. Mike McDaniel asked similar questions that McCarthy's been asked when it comes to facing that easy schedule narrative. And here's what Mike McDaniel had to say. I, I instructed the players to um, anything other than ta- uh, concerning yourself with um, the the next opponent, which for us is the Dallas Cowboys, and and any other narrative um, that has to do with good teams or um, playoff seeds or the next three game, all that stuff. Um, I, I gave them the clearance to tell all members of the media to, with all due respect, <laughs> F off. <laughs> with all due respect. Um, because all we're focused on is the Dallas Cowboys. Yeah. And, and, and you know, he's right about you that. You can't control the schedule. No, you can't. You absolutely can't control the schedule. They're a good football team. They are. I, I'm, not, I'm not sitting here trying to blow smoke up everybody's rear about the Miami Dolphins. But they are banged up this time of year. And if you want to get to where you need to go, you have to go and take it from backup players. If, they're, if, if they are compromised, you need to find ways to scheme or out physical or whatever you have to do to make sure that you walk out of Hard Rock Stadium with a victory. You know, if they are going to be compromised in several positions, you know, and you've been a reasonably healthy team yourself, you know, getting positive news about Zach Martin, you know, him playing this week. We'll see. Thought last week that Hooker was going to play, and then they had a little bit of a, uh, you know, just quite wasn't ready to, to play. So we'll see with Zach Martin. But they need to go and, 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 and take their will from this Miami Dolphin football team. You know, they need to go and, and beat them up like they got beat up the week before in Buffalo. If they're if and but if they're not capable of doing that, then you know we shouldn't be talking. You know playoffs and all that and going to win and all. Now, you know you you need to go find a way to win this football game. You you didn't play well enough. You didn't you 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 pee down your leg against Buffalo. Yep. You and that and right this time of year you can't be peeing down your leg. You got to find a way to go win games. You know I don't care if it's on the road as as Garrett would say in the parking lot on the moon whatever. This time of year, you go find ways to win games. And this is a game that they need to go have, especially if Miami is going to be limited in a lot of their personnel. And you got a gift from Seattle. We're now all of a sudden, and in, in the Eagles are struggling. They've lost three in a row. The 49ers at one point lost three in a row this year. You haven't, right? You have not been that team that's dropped multiple games consecutively. All of these contenders in the NFC, they've also had panic time yeah. among their fan base. Right, yeah, fan base is panicking right now. You can go ahead and get the good mojo going, and you have to. We talked about the desperate team theory. We know how important now it is for this team to play at home. Yeah. You've got a chance still to win the division. You do. And you blow that if you don't take care of your own business. No. We can look and say, oh, Tommy DeVito, Tommy Cut, let's go beat the Eagles. doesn't matter if you don't beat Miami. Yeah. you got to take care of what's in front of you right now. I totally agree. Dolphins 10-1 and against opponents without a winning record, 0-3 against teams with a winning record. They've got a minus 16-point differential, plus 17.8 
uh, in games otherwise. So it'll be fun. We'll break all that down. 240 Krusty's Corner. We'll look yeah. at the Miami Dolphins offense, yep. which will be a, a blast. I mean, they're certainly one of the more exciting offenses to watch, and it'll be a tough challenge defensively for the Cowboys. I know our buddy Carter Freeman last night was out in Frisco at the Frisco Bowl. I felt very old. I saw this, uh, I think it was Barstool Sports tweeted it out, and I didn't realize it going into the game. But you had Chad Pennington's son starting for Marshall, and then you had Josh McCown's son, redshirt freshman Owen McCown, starting for UTSA. If I felt old, Brian, I mean, I, I know you've had this no, happen I where you're scouting kids' sons. I scouted, it's it's yeah. a weird feeling. Scouted all what their are dads. we doing? Scouted all their dads, too. Yeah, that's... That's when you get this time uh, this time of year, you always, when you go and you look at the players that you're, the funny one was right off the jump was Marvin Harrison Jr. Just right, you know, okay. And then you remember how great his dad was at Syracuse <laughs> way back in the day. And now his, his kids, uh, boy, his kid's a special player as well. But yeah, it's, uh, it's uh, hey, it's, uh, it's nice to see these, it's nice to see these, these, these guys have opportunities to play, you know, and I'm sure that their parents, yeah, I remember, you know, Bo Nix, I remember his dad, you know, playing against his dad oh, yeah. at LSU. And, yeah, I mean, uh, uh, heck, Drake May played against his dad at North Carolina, mm-hmm. you know. Well, now Jeremiah Trotter's son's coming Trot- out. You were part of drafting him dra- in Philly. I drafted Jeremiah Trotter. Now, you know, boy, I'd kill for Jeremiah Trotter right now for the Dallas Cowboys at linebacker. Just to how tough he is, though, and that inside the way. You, know, you talk about stopping the run. Oof, that guy will stop the run. But that, you know that it's uh, it's it's what we're at right now. Yeah, that, you know you, you know time time where they say father time undefeated right now. Yep, it just kind of keeps marching on. It's good to see these kids get an opportunity in college football. Well, shout out to UTSA. They rally from a fourteen nothing deficit. They beat Marshall thirty five nice to seventeen in the Frisco Bowl. Yeah, really, absolutely, really I mean, nice program. They were one win away in their first year there in the AAC from playing SMU for the conference championship yeah. game. So, really good season uh, from the Roadrunners. And uh, we'll look forward to more bowl games at 520 today. We'll do a little college football hangover. We got a lot of good quotes coming from coaches in the Big 12 previewing Texas and Washington as we're getting closer and closer to that. Uh, We look forward to that. Now we got a Mavs game night tonight. Can they snap the Clippers nine-game win streak at the American Airlines Center? It's going to be tough. They're shorthanded yet again. It's going to be Luka trying to drag everybody. No Kyrie, no Lively, no Maxi. Josh Green we know is out. So uh, you got a hot Clippers unit coming in. And Luka usually does play well against the Clippers. He plays well against the Clippers. So we got uh, John John Snow at point guard tonight. Yeah, we do. Yeah, he's yeah. He's. I had someone. I had someone send me that that uh, that uh, that meme. The the John Snow. Oh, did one. you? Yeah, because they were talking. I, Battle I, of the bastards. I, I told I told a guy. I said, listen, hey, don't agree with you. Don't agree with me because for then for the next two hours you're going to be fighting people on this uh, platform, you know. And then he it, and that's the meme he. Drew. <laughs> the John Snow with the it's, it really the sword. is. I mean, it was a good reference you made, yeah, yeah. minus the zip code deal with yeah. the uh, with the Nuggets situation. Saying, Carter Carter kind of hung me out on that one. Well, by it was the way. funny. I mean, I think it was love. Like we were laughing with you, not at you. No, he, he he hung me out there. Carter's I, giving you the heart. Yeah, you know, and then and then Lucius was hanging me out too because he was he was kind of getting on me. Like, yeah, bro, you thought that was an area code? Well, what's up with you? I mean, we what's were up, all, you old man? We were all secretly kind of laughing. No, I was not the PA guy at the Frisco Bowl last night from the three one four. Was there, not me? Was there a PA guy sounding like you last Maybe, night? Maybe I don't know. It could have been, uh, but it, it was not me. Maybe it was Carter. Maybe Carter was the PA guy last night, but it was not me. All right, it is a historic day. On this day 15 years ago, the Cowboys played their final game in Irving, Texas at the classic Texas Stadium. A cold, rainy day. Wasn't it a cold, rainy night? Oh, it? it was. Yeah. It was very rainy. It was very cold. Yeah. I remember it. Uh, and we'll go through memory lane, shall we? What's your favorite Texas Stadium memory? Ooh. And then we'll get into the G-Bag of the Day at 2.30. That's next.
According to Cameron Wolf, national NFL reporter for NFL Network, the entire Dolphins starting offensive line is not at practice today. So, Micah Parsons uh, and company, get ready. We're going to need you. This is the, these are the times. These are the times. If you get a situation where somebody is not at their fullest or their best and you get to be competitive against them, don't feel sorry for them. Go and take it from them. You know, you're a you're a better you're a better defensive line, a better front seven than what you showed last week against Buffalo. Yep. Go play like it. Go play. Go go attack this. Uh, if they if they're playing with a bunch of backup dudes, by all means, take advantage of that. You know, you go out there and let and you let Miami with a backup offensive line say that's the case, and they bully you like they did against Buffalo, and you, you don't deserve any anything. You really don't. This league, like I say, you can't be losing games this time of year, mm-hmm. especially when you're trying to get somewhere, you know. And Mike McCarthy, you, the staff, the players, you need to play a whole hell of a lot better than you played last week against Buffalo. Let them know, B. No, that was no, that was not good enough. No, it was not. That was not good enough. Offensively, it wasn't good enough, and defensively, it wasn't good enough, and coaches, it wasn't good enough. Mm-hmm. It really wasn't. Also, not spotted at practice. Tyreek Hill, Xavier Howard. Yeah, he's dealing with a he's dealing with that high ankle sprain. Both running backs, Raheem Mostert and Devon Achan. Now they I do think have that's rest for those that probably guys. is. Yeah. It's a Wednesday. We don't have the official injury yeah. report out. I think yeah. we'll have a lot of Cowboys that also didn't practice today. Yeah. Javon Javon Holland, their safety, did Me. practice. He did practice. Elliot, uh, yeah. they're in the final stages of the concussion protocol, and they yeah. both did practice. Okay, I thought they wore I, the red jerseys. Holland, so no I thought Holland was a knee, or is Howard the knee? One of them's Holland's a knee. Holland's a knee, yeah. uh, and Elliott was in the concussion Elliot's protocol. Concussion, concussion guy, right. So those two guys uh, were back and seen in practice. Fifteen years ago today, Cowboys played their last game at Texas Stadium. Result, not how we wanted it, of course. Mm. They lost to the Ravens. Back-to-back uh, long touchdown runs. Now, when Willis McGahee and I think it was their fullback, McLean, mm-hmm. had like 80-yard touchdown runs, I was there for that one. But what are your They favorite? lost the opener too, right? At the next stadium? Yeah, the Giants. Yes, they lost yeah, it. sure did. Yeah, that's yeah, that's I what Eli that. Manning signed the locker. Yeah, signed the yeah. locker, yeah. But I loved Texas Stadium. I mean, grew up there, was uh was spoiled. You know, my grandparents had season tickets, so I got to go to a yeah. couple of games every year. Uh, I mean it's it's where I grew my love for the Cowboys, and then I paid for my own season tickets the final year there in 08 at Texas Stadium. But what are your favorite Texas Stadium memories? 877-881-1053. I know you were there since it opened. Yeah, I was. Uh, my family had season tickets from 72 till 92. And then my father gave the tickets up when I went to work in Green Bay. My dad's like, I'm not going to give Jerry Jones money to beat you. And it, it didn't matter. We were 0-7 anyway <laughs> against him. So, it, Dad, you might as well just kept the seats. I'll tell you a fun thing I used to do when we came to town for Green Bay. I would go up and see the people that were sitting in the seats. I would, I'd go to our seats and I would I would like before the game I would like talk to the folks about yeah I was a you know when I was a cowboy fan and, awesome. da, 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 and they were like yeah it was it was always cool it never seemed like that it was people it was never the same people we were always, we were playing there like every year it felt like but it was it was funny it was always different people and I was always expecting like oh, I'm gonna run into the same because like say for twenty some odd years I didn't miss a game I, mean, I sat there you know and through just. Some you know, I mean, some tremendous teams. You know, Cowboy record with twenty straight consecutive winning seasons. That you know, under Tom Landry. I mean, it, it just, I, I just, I never remember this team playing bad football. It just was all every weekend. You knew going to that game that you were going to win a football game. You were going to win. At that, you were like, man, they, Washington ain't beating us today. Rams ain't beating us today. 
Vikings ain't beating us today. It's amazing. Yeah. But it was fun, man. It was fun growing up at that stadium. I, the parking lot, they, they used to have what's called the blue lot. That's yep. the, like the premier parking. Yep. So we'd park in the blue lot and we'd have tailgate. My family owned a restaurant, so we'd have, like, I'd have just tons of barbecue. Well, we weren't cooking out there. We'd just go get the barbecue and bring it out there and set up tables. This time of year, we had a Christmas tree with no ornaments. We just put the empty beer cans on it. So by the end of the day, the, the tree had completely beer can ornaments on the whole thing. So that was something. We, then we would just leave the tree. Amazing. Uh, yeah, we had fun. A lot of people texting in the high school football playoffs that were out there. They had some legendary ones, Le- didn't I mean, they? Plano, uh, Southlake, I, I went to in Island 05. Uh, certainly, uh, people were texting that Southlake Carroll, Euless Trinity game with 40,000-plus people yeah, in the stands in crazy. 2006. My, uh, the Plano game in 07 when we lost Euless Trinity in double overtime. That was a heartbreaker. That was our year to win state there. But there were did, a they lot. Have a lot, did they have a lot of those uh, Polynesian Tongan players? Oh, yeah. They, well, they would do the haka pregame. I oh, think they still do. Terrifying. Absolutely. <laughs> I mean, we we had a straight three straight years we played them. Yeah. By the second year, our head coach got smart. Maybe it was actually the third year. And he just left our team in the locker room. <laughs> not to see we it. We didn't even. Yeah, they we, they did the haka and then we ran out. Yeah. Like, you know what? We're not messing with this. You I guys re- do your thing. I remember broadcasting with Coppell football. And Ted Emmerich and I were doing the games and. And Teddy was telling me about it. He goes, you ever seen Trinity play? And I'm like, uh, yeah, but it was so long ago. And he goes, okay. So and then they come out and they do all that. And I'm like, gosh, I wouldn't want to play against these guys. They had all, they, they they were massive. Big dudes, but those, man. Those and they offensive ran the linemen, so well. Those offensive linemen, they're like Winnebago's. Yep. Those big buses stacked next to each other when they were all when they were lined up. No like, kidding. They were huge. Uh, being in person for the Marion Barber two-yard NFL history run against yeah. uh, New England. I think two of the games that stand out to me that I got to go to they played. I was at the Monday night game where they bench Bledsoe and Romo came out yeah. in 06. Uh, or maybe that was 0, yeah, I think it was 06. And then they also the, the Colts came in undefeated with yeah. Peyton Manning. Cowboys beat them. I think yep. they were 13 and 0. Ended on their first loss. That was awesome. And there was a great game against the Chiefs. I want to say it was one of the years with like Larry Johnson, and they were really really good. Yeah. Dan Campbell caught the game winning touchdown yeah. in that game. That one stood out to me as a great memory. Uh, I think it was 2002 Thanksgiving. It was Emmett's last Thanksgiving game as a Cowboy. Roy Williams. It was similar to that play he had at Oklahoma against Texas. Where he jumped over the pile. Jumps over the yeah. – ended up uh, – I think it was a touchdown play. Yeah. He ends up – we beat Washington there. That was also the first my, time I ever got to meet Brad Sham and Babe Loffenberg. I got to go up in the booth there and watch him call uh, a couple of plays. My favorite my favorite Cowboy memory there – and there's been a lot of them, but was Roger Staubach's winning touchdown pass against Washington in his last game, last home game at Texas Stadium in 1979. That was that was man because there were a lot of games where th- those games against Washington were just they were just back and forth the whole and you know like uh, stopping John Riggins on third down I mean it's it's incredible moments of of games that you would just remember that were like you know the pillars of the National Football League when when it played at that played at that stadium there was something special about I went to it. a Pro Bowl there one time. What? They had a Pro Bowl there. There was a Pro Bowl there? Yeah, I want to say. I never knew that. Yeah, 73, I want to say. They played a pro, the, the Pro Bowl there, 73-74. It's incredible. Yeah. Definitely a stadium that means a lot to uh, a lot of people. I mean, tons of people sit, talking, hey, I got to play there in high yeah. school. Uh, my the son crown. scored a peewee touchdown there in a flag football game. Yeah, the crown, the crown. at the center, of the, the center of the stadium, no Crazy. doubt. I got to watch uh, the Cowboys lose to Adrian Peterson and the Vikings. In 2007, the T.O. getting hit at midfield when the, he was with the 49ers. Yeah. So many legendary moments there. But let's uh, turn things over to Lucius Alexander and the Pimp Cup for today's G-Bag of the Day. 
Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Lots of moments. Lots of great moments. Uh, Little League. Played some Little League in that joint before. Oh, really? Yep. I remember going to games with my mom. I definitely remember Herschel Walker playing for the Vikings. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That situation. Uh, what else? What else? Okay. High school football, of course. Played two games, South Grand Prairie, on that joint. SGP. Yeah. Was flirting with my with my now wife. Nice. Yeah, but I was flirting heavy then. <laughs> They've had concerts. They've had concerts at that yeah. place too. Michael Texas. Jackson was yeah. there. Yeah. yeah, Metallica 04. We got a text yeah. about that. Yeah. And then there used to be this thing uh, in the parking lot, like a little flea market every Saturday. Yeah, yeah my mom was out there every Saturday. So what's up? <laughs> All right, G back the day. We do it every day on the fan at two thirty. You see anything floating out there on social media? You see it on TV. You hear it during a game. Uh, you might hear it on another station. It better be good. It better be good. Uh, I might play it. Might right? play it. We might play it. Lucius Alexander, uh, Lucky Lucius P on social media. Go to Twitter, Gbag Nation. Follow us all. Our winner right here, Cowboys Radio Network, Brad Shambay Loffenberg. Home team announcer clearly going for the home team right here. Empty gun for Josh Allen on third down and eight. Snap is back. A little pressure. He runs out to his right. Oh, get him. Yeah. Sam Williams broke through and got him, and then Allen just was able to dump it off. Get him, boss. Are they ruling a sack or or an incompletion? Should be incompletion. Yeah, he got it out. Sam Williams Williams was sudden there, wasn't he? He's running the spy there. So he was not rushing. Sam Williams is just going to mirror Josh Allen, and when Josh Allen breaks the pocket, then Sam Williams goes and gets him. And that's exactly what happens. Punch it, bro. I heard myself cheering on that play. (laughs) Babe got a hell of a punch right there. You heard that joy twice? He did. Yeah. Punched him. (laughs) I did the second one. Oh, that was you doing the second second one? one, (laughs) Okay. Watch out for B, then. Yeah. Yeah. I was was just, I was brocking. I'll tell you what, though. Babe kind of brings it back. Like, but every, we play TD Tuesday. Yeah. There's the the, the the color commentary guy. I love guy. it. They're always cheering. And yes. I, I'm okay with that. And it's getting, it gets totally more and more okay towards the it. end of the season. These yeah. games mean a lot. They got to so win much. it for the playoffs. Yeah. You can tell. Yeah. They're not I holding back. I'm I love totally that. into yes. that. Yeah. Keep my Homer radio Homer, bro. Yeah. I'm listening for a reason. Uh, let's see. All right, let's go to It Is What It Is podcast, sports show. That is with Cameron and Mace, the rappers. Uh-oh. Now sports analysts. They have OJ Simpson on there. I should have played this on a Toxic <laughs> Tuesday. I should have played this on a Toxic oh, okay. Tuesday. Dang. Uh, yeah. OJ basically patted Mace on the head after a sports take. Like, oh, that's, that's a good sports take, son. Good, good, good for you. I mean, I know Cam agreed with me uh, last week that there's no more talented team yep. in the NFL than the 49ers. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I would just say when you look at the Cardinals, you – Football is simple. You're not going to win if all you get is one touchdown and the other quarterback get four. It's just just math, science. You have a firm br- uh, grasp on the obvious, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I'm supposed to do. I don't know why he sounds like that. Uh, it's just math. It's just math. It's just math. <laughs> Whoever wins. He usually, though, Lucius, when you play that those clips from there, he's usually getting OJ, right, though? He is. He's yeah, usually yeah, he's, taking he, OJ yeah. out. OJ's been right? waiting for a little clap. Yeah, back I, think he's been wait, I think he's been waiting for that one. <laughs> well, I got him that time, didn't I? <laughs> you agreed with me. <laughs> oh, Mace. I took a stab at it, didn't I? <laughs> whoa, whoa. Uh, this is not a news blooper right here, but check this out, fellas. 
And Tolos, I'm talking to you. Yeah, be careful out there. Hold on. Good. I'll be all soapy. Yeah. Yeah, it's hot in there in the shower. I'm listening to this. I'm making my own video. What's going on here? Yeah. <laughs> Most of this music I play is from my shower journey. <laughs> who, is, who are you trying to influence I'm here? Just, I'm just saying. Just saying. Yeah. All, right, all right, all right, all right. This is not a news blooper, but let's check out CBS 11 right here. Shout out to this man that posted this for us here in the DFW. Being a fan of the Jets, it's got to gotta be tough. Listen to this guy's journey. This New Jersey man told police he drank too much because the New York Jets, quote, suck. Officers say 57-year-old Christopher Grayshock rear-ended another vehicle about 5.15 p.m. Sunday. Coincidentally, that was about an hour after the Jets lost 41-10 to the Buffalo Bills. Police say they found an open bottle of whiskey and suspected marijuana in his car. He was charged with a DWI and assault by auto. Matt Urish for CBS 11 News. <laughs> Matt Urish, CBS 11 News. Gosh. That's good. Have it's you ever tough. got to that point yeah. where you sat down and you just drank? I and just don't drive. Uh, know, I know. I know. Just you're stay bad. away from the damn car, but man. You it's ever not going to be good. I mean, have you ever sat there, Lucius, with an open bottle and just it's, pondered it's, life? It's just got bad. It's just that bad? Yeah. Is yeah. it really that bad? Yeah. Now look, uh, after that post game we had with the 49ers last year in the Boy, playoffs. Boy, I tell you what, you needed I, a bottle. I opened the bottle. Yeah. I did. Man, I should have started drinking a lot earlier in life. <laughs> I just never sat there with a bottle by myself. It's it's not a good feeling. You start to contemplate, what am I doing here? But wow. you got to suppress the feeling somehow. Yeah. Unless it just stays with you forever. Jeez. Uh, like when the Magic's and Penny Hardaway oh. lost their championship yeah. to the Houston Rockets. I'll never forget that. Ruined little Lucius' summer. <laughs> and it's still with me to this day. Really? It I bothers you that I much? I should have been drinking. Wake up in a hot sweat yep. in the middle of the night. Damn it! Yep. Should have took Grandpa's cough medicine with me. <laughs> All right, let's go to Stephen A. Smith. Somebody asked him a question about how to wipe. This was on his show, How to Wipe. Josh Medro writes, Stephen A., what is the correct way to wipe yourself standing or sitting? Needing to know. That is a nasty-ass question. You're a nasty, desperate-ass individual. You're a human being. What you asking me a question about how to wipe your ass for? What's wrong with you? First of all, you should be sitting. Because stuff might drip on you. That's number one. Number two, it's just a nasty question to ask a grown-up person. You have no couth, no class, okay? Knowing you, you're probably on yourself. You need to get your act together for asking some dumbass question like that. Don't ever sit up there and tweet me again. A matter of fact, make sure y'all take his name down and ban him from tweet tweeting this show. Because he's an idiot. No. A new fool. That's just disgusting. No. But he answered the question. Exactly. He goes <laughs> on a big one. You're a disgusting human being. Because you might you get have no cooth. Yeah. But sitting down. Might sitting. drip on yourself. Yeah. Oh. That was hilarious. That was yeah, good. That was cool. Man, that, was, that cool. was good. That's cool. We might circle back with the Russian Revelations at 620. Ooh. In honor of that one. Man. What do you think, Lucius? Time you to go? You do go back, though, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, you don't go you forward. You have to. Yeah, I no, say, it's crazy. Come on. So there's no other way. What is he talking about? That, that's, yeah. What's he talking about? All right, uh, let's go ahead and vote. Is it Brad Shams' homer call, O.J. Simpson's clap back, the Jets fan drinking too much because the Jets suck, or is it Stephen A. Smith on how to wipe? Where are we going with it, Lucius? It is what it is, sports show. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I'll tell you, I like that one a lot. I'm going to go with Stephen A. Smith. I think I'm going to go with Stephen A. too. 
He's done it. A vote two to one. Stephen A. Smith on how to wipe your G bag of the day champion. Not usually a champ here in the G bag nation, usually. but not uh, usually. That was pretty clever there from Stephen A. All right, it's time for Krusty's corner, Brian. Where are we going? Yeah, let's let's talk about this Miami Dolphin offense. Uh, I think there's some things the Cowboys can do to it. We'll, we'll talk about that next. Thank you, Lucia. Shout out to the six eight two being open and vulnerable. Made a complete ass of myself the night the Rangers won it all. Drank a full bottle and posted myself <laughs> crying all over social media. I don't remember anything about it. Sometimes it happens. And that was an excitement. That wasn't even in sadness. Yeah. But we have I, moments we've, like I've that. S- we've celebrated things. I just didn't know if people sat there with a bottle and sadness. That's the only time that, I've done I, it. I mean, I... I, I started I, I, thinking, I like, am I ever going to see this team win a Super Bowl? And I still have that fear and concern. Oh, with the Cowboys? Yeah. Yeah. But, you know... Yeah. Maybe. It's, it's, it's tough. Maybe one day. This, this part's tough. You never know. Might get on a might get on a little run here. That's all you need, right? Just all get hot at the right time. Speaking of right, that, all right. always hot at the right time. It's time for King of the Crusties, Crusties Corner. Take it away, Brian Brown. Thank you very much there, Wooly Bully. Appreciate you. Okay, it's Miami Dolphins offense. We've kind of talked about some of the problems they've had in the offensive line. I think that's the focal point right now for me. That's the way I think you take advantage of them. But I'll talk about the other spots as well. You're going to see multiple formations. You're going to see formations from this group that you never thought you would see in a football game. You think you're probably watching 1928 football with some of the alignment that they do with their backs and their tight end and their fullback. And they're, you know, it's, they, they get in some really unique formations in order to run the football. And they like to take advantage of you with their movement, their motion. I mentioned the pin and pull stuff. You know, that's something that seems to give the Cowboys a little problems. But they pin and pull because right now they just don't have the ability to go toe-to-toe with you and knock you off the ball like a lot of offensive lines do. They're terrified of that. you know. So they're going to have to create ways to, uh, to get guys in position where they can angle block, down block, get on the edge, half-man block. When I talk about half-man block, not take a guy completely down the middle, mm-hmm. just brush block them. You know, just because the ball gets outside, you got quickness in these backs, just brush block somebody, and then boom, the ball's around the corner on you right there. Uh, it does have a 49ers vibe to it with how they use all their personnel. And when I mean use all their personnel, they use all their personnel. They, they, they have, there's guys on this team that have roles, like you talked about, the fullbacks, the tight ends, the receivers, the line, extra guys, extra offensive line. They have all kinds. If you dress for the Dolphins offensively, they are going to find a way to use you in the game plan. So you're going to see a ton of what we call pistol. If you're a fan of college football, you'll understand pistol. You have pistol too. Uh, but that's going to be where the fullback or the excuse me, the halfback or running back is going to be lined up directly behind the quarterback. That's a pistol formation right there. Ton of movement from it. Ton of movement from the tight ends. Uh, they try and create blocking angles for their offensive linemen. We talked about that. Pull, trap. They'll use receivers on the edge to help in the running game. Uh, uh, in the previous game, like I said, I feel like they worried about the Jets' pass rush a lot. Ball was out of two of his hands, the quickest it's been all season. Study those metrics. I'm not just making that up. That's the truth. They use screens and they use quick games uh, into combat pass rush. So if they feel like that you're going to come after them, you got to get ready for the screens. You got to get ready for the tight end screens, the running back screens. They've got backs that can catch the football. Yeah, that is big for their offense. Uh, they had a big shot in this game against the Jets. Uh, went went to Waddle. was a touchdown down the left side that was off play action. So they're going to try and show you a little run and then throw the ball deep off that. Uh, 
the receivers' alignments when you when your Cowboys when you're watching the Cowboys and how they're gonna they're gonna line up against you, you're gonna get what we call three by one. That's a bunch to one side, one wide receiver to the other. You're gonna get two by two, two and two, exactly what it is. And you're gonna get three by two. And that's out of their empty formation. So what they want to do is they want to try and spread you out and take advantage of you. But they're, they mainly like to put two to three receivers on one side of the field and operate from that. Their most productive group is three by one. Okay. It's their most productive group. And that's usually when Tariq Hill is in that part of the three. He's one of the three that's in there. They've had five touchdowns off their three by one uh, formational look. That's their most productive. Their quarterback is playing at a high level right now. Two, I think, is playing at a very high level. He's been healthy throughout the season. I think that's been a big, big help for him, and they've benefited from him, his health. He is one of these guys that's got complete command of what's required of him. He's, he doesn't try and do – he really doesn't try and do too much. He is, I think his best trait is his accuracy. Uh, I think that he could pick, pick you apart with his accuracy in this way when they have to throw the football. He throws a really catchable ball. And, you know, he can hit targets on the move. 54% of their offense is based off rack, uh, run after catch, rack. So, you know, those yards that they get, I mean, they, they, it, is, it is impressive what they're able to and how they're, uh, how they're able to get the ball to the receivers and let them go on the move. So is uh, it more downfield or is it like screens underneath, short underneath? underneath. Okay, so tackling where, again yeah, a premium. Where he, where he is, where he is at his absolute best. Where he says absolute best is at the line of scrimmage or just a little bit beyond the line of scrimmage. That's where he's absolute best at throwing the ball. There are some issues in that ten to ten plus to twenty plus range of him throwing the football. That's been a little bit of a weakness. He hasn't been he hasn't completed the passes in that area like he does underneath and then on at the line of scrimmage. So if you if you know you you if you get guys around him. You can you can get him to the ground. He's not going to run away from you. Need to keep an eye on this too. By the way, six of his interceptions this season have been outside the left hash. Oh, okay. So that's so left hash. He's a left-handed quarterback. Six interceptions, left hash. That's going to be going at Bland in this game, or if in fact they travel. But it's to his left okay. that he's thrown the most interceptions to. So talk about the running backs here real quick with Moster, and then a chain. You know, and the way that the way that they play, there's the two hard nosed guys. They're tough running guys. A chain is a guy that, to me, when you look at him, he's a track guy, and he, it's nothing stereotypical about him being a track guy. He is as tough a runner as it comes. He's explosive. He hasn't been healthy. That's the problem right now. We'll see how healthy he really is in this football game. But they really, they they really do lean on. They do lean on their backs to try and make plays for him. Uh, in, in these games. And they've been, a, I mean, A-Chan's been a chunk player for him. Chunk Over player. seven yards a carry. No question. Speed. But you're right. He can go in between the tackles. Yep. This, it, he, he can run. He's got some toughness to him. All right, we mentioned the offensive line. And I think the Dolphins coaching staff is doing the very best they can to mask the issues they're currently having right now. There are a lot of moving parts with this group. A lot. Of, and Zach told you, practice today, practice report. Mm-hmm. Their offensive line didn't even practice, basically. They've lost Connor Williams for the season. Robert Hunt, their guard, is dealing with a hamstring. Austin Jackson, the tackle, has an oblique problem. Uh, Liam Eichenberg has filled in for Williams. He's dealing with a toe injury. Robert Jones has been in for Hunt. and Kendall Lamb has been in for Jackson. It's, uh, it's clear that the coaching staff is really, really clear, uh, concerned with all the injuries 
and with the guys that they had to play. You watch it on tape. You can tell by the way he's calling plays. So they get the ball out to his hands in a hurry. They have to be scared of Dallas in what they can do as a pass rush. So when they tried to attack the Jets straight ahead, it just didn't work as well as when they went wide with their angle blocks and stuff. So they probably feel the same way. They saw what Buffalo was able to do with the perimeter game. I have a feeling you're going to see the same thing. You know, you have to be good on the edge. Linebackers have to play downhill. you got to fill when you have the opportunity. You can't have soft corners when you're playing these guys that way. So this is a this the way that Dallas likes to twist their front mm-hmm. in passing situations. This will present a problem for the players they're currently playing with right now. You know, Tua isn't all that mobile, and getting bodies around him will cause issues. So the Dallas Cowboys, if they can rush the passer and they can get their twist game going, it's a hard the, – the, this Miami Dolphin offensive line, the way it's currently configured, has a hard time picking up those twist stunts right there. We don't know about Tyreek Hill yet. I, I was wondering while you were watching their offense and all the yeah. speed they have because yeah. we've talked as good as Gilly's been, Stephon Gilmore. Yeah. He can't run like he used to. No. Could that, the speed, be a problem against some of these receivers? Yeah, Tyreek Hill is one of the most dynamic weapons in the NFL. We all understand that. He does put fear in the hearts of defensive backs across the league because how he eats up your cushion. He's explosive. He's, he's got speed. He could destroy you the way he plays. I'm curious with his ankle injury, though, how much speed is he going to be having in these games? I mean, it's, it's hard keeping up with him on the move. He's an elite player with the ball in his hands. Uh, you know, he'll line up inside, outside. The majority of his yards come on the right side. So that would be over on, if you just play it, you play it straight up, that's the Gilmore side. He's, uh, he's amassed 672 yards playing on the right side. He split 50-50 playing in slot. But the majority of his snaps where he's productive is on the outside right is where he's uh, And they like to put him in the bunch formations to keep him from being doubled. So it's hard to double him because of his speed. He'll just run through things. Uh, Jalen Waddell is uh, excellent on the move as well. This guy will stop his momentum and come back for the football. He's, he, he'll attack the ball with his hands. He's not phased in traffic or defenders coming at him. He's that type of player, super competitive in those 50-50 situations. So uh, you have to be ready for both those guys. Braxton Berrios and Cedric Wilson have been kind of both playing in the slot. They kind of both have had okay production, nothing big like their wide receivers. So this is going to be a game where you have to get after their offensive line if, in fact, that they're going with three backups playing in it. Thank you, Brian. Thank you. Krusty's Corner every day at 2.40 tomorrow. We'll circle back. We'll look at that Dolphins defense as we get you set for Cowboys-Dolphins here on 105.3 The Fan, your home of Dallas Cowboys football. Let's do some NFL news of the day. Who's George Kittle's MVP? We got injury updates and some of the quarterbacks around the league and the one-play drive. That's next.